0: Now let me get this straight, you're telling me that these these, uh, things are inside the Golden Gate Bridge, one, two, that they only come out at night, and three, that they're responsible for the death of 15 or more kids and three of my police officers.
1: Welcome to the GoPress GoCast. This it's episode what 44?
2: 44, yeah.
1: Wow. Uh, I am your host, Dangerous Jamie. Joining me, as always, is the girl that I scare out of windows. I don't really know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> but it's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. What's new? What's new in Sarah world?
2: Not a lot really. It's just
1: the theme park where you live, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Cool. That <laughs> definitely definitely exists. Um, yeah, not a lot's new. I spent yesterday with a tremendously bad hangover mm. after my thirtieth celebrations.
1: Oh, you're right, fucking old, yeah. I forgot.
2: Yeah. Um, just being constantly being reminded about embarrassing things that I did.
1: So what what was the uh, what was the plan? What was the uh, the itinerary for Saturday? Uh, for the weekends um, rather.
2: For Saturday it was to go out and to drink all the booze in the world and I managed.
1: Excellent. You didn't yeah. drink all of it because I drank a fair <laughs> amount of booze on Saturday also.
2: You must have got to it before me. I drank the remaining booze, obviously.
1: Well we put we put on an old day at Satan's Hollow and the booze there isn't quality booze. <laughs>
2: mm.
1: I had to drink Budweiser. Oh no. And then we had the the after party at uh, Dry Bar. Which is a nice trendy bar upstairs, but downstairs you've got a choice of red stripe or Guinness.
2: <laughs> Excellent. I, I
1: quite like Guinness, but uh, it was canned Guinness, which is annoying. And then they wouldn't let us, they wouldn't give us glasses to decant into it, the, to, ca- to decant it into. <laughs> and so the cans has got a widget, but I'm not allowed to decant it. What the fuck? <laughs> First world problems. Yes, it is <laughs> very much so. Speaking of first world bullshit, I just got an mm-hmm. iPhone five. And it's fucking amazing. I love it. It's really? so clean. It feels so nice and clean. Um, I literally got it today. It was uh, a combo gift from my girlfriend Laura and my dad, dad. Um, and it's great. I love it. I'm all about it. All about it. All about it. Cool
3: story,
1: Uh, bro. Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) Shut up. You're old. You probably don't get technology at your age.
2: I don't. don't In my day,
1: (laughs) it's all books and string and cans.
2: It was a simpler time. It was. We were all happier.
1: You could leave your front door unlocked and no one would steal your Nokia 3210. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh, memories. Those those are
1: the good old days. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, Absolutely.
1: Today, uh, it's week two of High School Horror Month. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about uh, one of the sort of early slasher films starring uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Leslie Nielsen, weirdly enough. Hell yeah, we are. uh, Prom Night. But before that, before we get to that, let's talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Go on. Do it. Tell um, us. Lay it on me.
2: Well, some of this is going to be kind of repetitive because is I've
1: rewatched some same stuff. stuff. You watched last week.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> well, I'm thirty now. I forgot in the <coughs> intervening days. So. Yeah, it
1: was. A, it was a long week. So.
2: Yeah, it was. Um, no, I rewatched Nightbreed again. Excellent. Because I will never get sick of that film. And also, Phil came around and helped us out with some work um and he'd never seen it so so you paid him in nightbreed (laughs) yeah i'd like to get paid in nightbreed to be fair wouldn't you
1: i could i could i mean i already own it so (laughs) i think i paid my dues with that one but uh...
2: money as well we're not that tight um but yeah i just think it's it's a film that i love so much and i really enjoy introducing other people to films that i love so how do you feel
1: Um, about watching it again after seeing the cabal cut
2: Um, Well, I've seen it twice since the Cabal Cut already. Um, I still love it, but I almost wish I hadn't seen the Cabal Cut because this kind of feels a little bit incomplete now. Yeah. Um, It's still brilliant, still great, but yeah, you can sort of see the missed opportunities a bit more.
1: Yeah. I haven't watched it again since the Cabal Cut, since seeing the Cabal Cut, and um, yeah, I have nothing to add.
2: (laughs) But yeah, like. (laughs) Knowing it was supposed to be um, the first in a trilogy, it's so much more obvious now having seen the extended cut.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, it's still great, it's still a coherent story, well, but um, just feels perhaps a little bit unfulfilled, which is a shame.
1: Yeah. Cool, what else?
2: Um, oh, I watched um, Paradise Lost 3. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were talking about the documentaries last week, so I watched the third one. Um, yeah, it made me almost do a bit of a cry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't so, know how long's it been since you saw it. I mean, it only came out last year, didn't it? It was
1: this year, this this or summer. Was this year? Okay. Um, and I was talking maybe maybe like three months ago, I think I saw it. Maybe two months ago. Okay, and how did you feel about it? I really liked it. Um, it's it's a nice end to the whatever the trilogy is. Mhm. Um, and that's good. Uh, but I I don't know like. As a film, it really works for me. I think the idea that um, these guys had to sort of uh, basically resign themselves to the fact that they had to plead guilty to in order to get out of prison with time served is a horrible thing.
2: And I, d- I really don't understand the concept of an Alford plea. Basically, you you plead guilty whilst maintaining your innocence, so yeah. you're not really pleading guilty. It's just a an arbitrary... <laughs> it's, Needless bureaucracy, basically. It just—I I don't understand the concept of that plea at all.
1: Well, I think it just seemed
2: really weird. Just—it was basically them, and they even admitted it in the documentary, covering their own asses.
1: Yeah, well, like, which is so so sad. It's—it's it's, it's basically like they just—they—they they know now, with all this new evidence, that it pretty much wasn't them. But in yeah. order to like not have to deal with like reopening the investigation and trying to find who else it was, despite yeah. the evidence that it, that it might well have been. Someone else, mm. um, they get a guilty plea out of it. So then it's it's done with. It's a yeah. it's, it's a fully closed case.
2: Yeah, it's very sad. I do. I think the most interesting <clears> part <throat> was the um, the judge, the original yeah. judge. Um, just the fact that he was the judge in the original case. He was there for all the appeals. He turned down so many appeals, um, and then he, he didn't seem to know his ass from his elbow. Yeah. When he was. Every time he was on screen, obviously I know you can edit things in such a way that people appear to be not quite what they are. But that yeah. guy really didn't seem to have a clue, and seemed to be very, very sure in his own mind from the outset that it that these guys did it. Yeah. And then I found it quite interesting to learn that he'd been promoted. Yeah. During that documentary, and I think to be honest, it, it was basically whoever was in charge of the system going, you know, we need to get him out of this because <laughs> it's just gonna continue happening and he's going to make fools of everybody I suspect that's why he was promoted so there was no way he could be the judge in another one of their hearings
1: he couldn't bring his prejudice to mm. that's uh, a fair thing one thing I noticed or one thing I sort of picked up on have you seen Best in Show? yes do you know the cop who like leads the investigation he's in all three
2: yeah he... the one who's convinced he did a really good job
1: yeah he is basically Christopher Guest's character in Best in <laughs> Show. He has the same face, the same voice, everything. Yeah, it's, been... it's, a, re-
2: it's a remarkable similarity.
1: It really is, like it's crazy. <laughs> so you liked it then, uh, uh, on the whole.
2: Yeah, it was um, it was sort of bittersweet, but uplifting at the same time. Because yeah. obviously, you know, they go through hell, but they do get out. They do, um, and they deserve to. I think. So well, Jesse
1: Miss Kelly has. Is- Gone to shit, hasn't he?
2: He. Oh, to say they're all sort of like what, 30, 33 to 35 yeah. when they're released? He looks close to 50.
1: Yeah, Damien Eccles looks like. He's
2: aged surprisingly well.
1: Yeah, from for a man in prison under his situation, yeah. in his situation. Yeah. But Jesse Miss Kelly just looks like hell.
2: Yeah, really does. Yeah. I'll be interested to see um, West of Memphis when that comes out. And also the the Atomy Goyen film that's coming out next year. Yeah. more interested to read up about it now as well. I've read a lot online. It's just such a fascinating case.
1: Definitely is. Uh, Damien Echols has released his own book, like his own biography as well, which I imagine is an interesting read. Yeah. He's a lot less creepy now as well. Like, (laughs) he definitely was fairly creepy in in the first two.
2: He was a little bit creepy, yeah.
1: He's got like a sort of creepy presence. And that's 95% why they got convicted, I think.
2: Probably, yeah. Just
1: because... He was a creepy guy. But, like, um, yeah, weird.
2: So moving on, I felt like we dedicated perhaps way too much time to the West Memphis Three this past uh, fortnight. So what else have you seen?
1: Uh, this week I have watched, uh, well, I watched Shakespeare Clown, uh, re-watched Shakespeare Clown, which I've okay. not seen in a, a really long time. Uh, because i watched obviously watched Bobcat Galthway, newer films.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought I'd go back and take a look at... Um, an older one, the sort of first directorial out outing, and um, it's not a good, well, it's not a great film. Um, you can definitely see the groundwork to his later films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sort of builds up this fairly interesting world where apparently clowns are quite um, prolific, <laughs> but also um, sort of culturally reviled. Uh, they're almost like um. A minority, like a an ethnic minority.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but it's it's interesting. Uh and like it's fairly well shot, it's very early nineties looking. Um and uh yeah, I quite like it. Is uh, it a recommend? Not really. It's 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 it's, uh, a, it's maybe have you seen it?
2: No. I haven't actually.
1: I think it's interesting to watch it because it's a Bobcat Goldthwaite film.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and it's sort of it does it's interesting to see those those things that he later or has more recently got better at. Yeah. Um and it's fairly amusing. Uh and it's I'd I'd recommend it to you, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everyone. Everyone. <laughs> okay. Everyone. <laughs> that
2: makes sense. Yeah. That bit didn't make sense. But no. Yeah. Um well <laughs> The rest of it did.
1: Um I watched um I I well, I rewatched one of my favorite British horror comedy films. Uh I bought a vampire motorcycle. Have you seen <laughs> I've have you seen it? Yeah, the
2: one with Neil Morrissey. Neil
1: Morrissey, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And uh Anthony Daniels. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Oh, that's fucking brilliant, isn't it?
2: <laughs> it's um yeah. It's, uh, again, it's one of those films where I couldn't necessarily recommend it to a bunch of other people, but I knew you'd enjoy it. <laughs>
1: I think people who <laughs> like sort of comedy horror, like early 90s comedy horror, it's definitely that. It's about uh, Noddy or Neil Oddy who buys a vampire motorcycle. It's all there for you yeah. in the title. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the vampire motorcycle is a vampire in the sort of purest form where it doesn't like garlic, it sort of shies away from crucifixes, and it's fucking hilarious as a film, as a concept, uh, and as a film. It's very British. Um, they did actually reviewed it on um, Outside the Cinema fairly recently. So if you want a more in-depth review of it from like an American point of view, then I'd recommend go listening to that.
2: Okay, what did they think of it?
1: Um, I don't think they liked it very much. Okay. I think they thought it was funny, but overall, it's a bit crap.
2: I think they've got better taste in films than we have, though.
1: They don't. Have you heard them talk about Alabama's Ghost? Have you seen Alabama's Ghost? It's fucking batshit nuts. It's amazing. Um, So, yeah, that's that. What else have you watched? Go on. Give us some more.
2: Um, What else have I watched? Oh, I watched... um, Right. Yesterday, everybody and their dog was going on about Elf because it was on TV. Yeah, I know. And I fucking hate Elf, so I decided to watch The Silent Night.
1: Nice. How was
2: that? Shit. Utter shit. I sort of wish I'd watched Elf. (laughs) 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 Yeah, not a good film.
1: So I'm guessing this is a Christmas horror film then?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be a remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night or not. I'm actually not sure. I thought it was, but having seen it, I don't know, the only similarity I can find is Killer Santa Claus, really. Um, but just, yeah, it's just bad. Really, really, really bad. Badly acted, badly written. It's terrible. There's some sort of half-decent gore in there, but not enough to warrant watching it.
1: Hmm.
2: Really steer clear.
1: So it's not one I need to whack on my lists or my to-watch list for a year-end sort of deal
2: Oh, I don't think so. Unless you are actually doing a bottom five. I don't
1: think I'm going to bottom In which that.
2: case, go for your life.
1: Cool. Anything else?
2: Um couple of other things. Have you. Did you not watch anything else?
1: I've got three other things that I've watched.
2: Okay, well, I'll just mention my last two then quickly. Go on then. Um, another one was Premium Rush, which was the. Um, it's Joseph Gordon Levitt. Right. Who is eminently watchable in everything.
1: I'm um, a bit bored of him.
2: I think a lot of people are.
1: I, I get really fatigued when, like, Hollywood just. Sh- or, like, the movie industry as a whole sort of shove. An actor down my throat.
2: It's, it's, it's the um, Seth Rogen effect, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Like everybody
2: well, bombed him to begin with, and then sort of a year down the line, they were like, oh God, that guy again.
1: It's, it's the Ryans. They're the, they're the main culprits <laughs> at the moment.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: And also, <laughs> your fucking boyfriend. <laughs> Can't take a piss without him starring in a film in front of me or something. Um,
2: <laughs> Not wrong with the renner.
1: I don't know. He's got a weird face.
2: <laughs> Agree to disagree. Have you
1: seen the, the film, the Dharma film that he was in?
2: Yeah, Dharma.
1: <laughs> yeah, is it good? Have I um, got that? Yeah, I I've, don't know. I've got, I think I've got Night Stalker, that's not, yeah. It's, that's
2: um, um, it yeah, that's a, that's a different killer, yeah. Yeah, I've got um, a bunch <laughs> of, like,
1: I bought a bunch of random serial killer biopics, and I can not okay. remember if it was in there or not.
2: Dharma isn't really a biopic. Is it not? It's, um... Is it like
1: Dharma versus Gacy?
2: No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, there's some murder in it, but mostly it's kind of like a chunk of his life. I don't how is that know. not a Because it's not sort of, there's, n- there's no explanation of how he came to be like he was, or it's... it didn't even get to some of the kind of more, when he was m- most prolific, It's um... it's really hard to explain. It's quite low-key. It's not like your average serial killer movie, it's more of a drama. Right. Um, but it's alright, it's well acted.
1: Would you recommend it to me?
2: Maybe, I don't think you'll love it.
1: Right, okay. Well, you watched this thing with JGL anyway. What was that? I did.
2: It was alright.
1: What Was it called Hesher? Was it that one? Is that what you said? <laughs> no.
2: Okay. <laughs> I have seen Hesher, but that's not it. Can we talk about Hesher? That was way better.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen Hesher.
2: <laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay. Makes me think of like an American version of Visitor Q. Well,
1: that sounds weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. How, how is it
1: that weird? It's just about a, a Stoner guy, isn't it?
2: Who kind of turns up in this kid's life and won't leave? And oh. Starts coming around to his house and staying there and
1: yeah. Like a room for Romeo Brass?
2: Sort of. Maybe like halfway between that and Visitor Q, I guess. That
1: sounds interesting. I'm I'm, I'm done. It's weirder than A Room for Romeo Brass. A Room for Romeo Brass is pretty weird, though. That is a strong recommend to anyone as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Especially Americans, because maybe you lot it might might not have made its way over there yet. But A Room for Romeo Brass. Watch it. Love it. Mm. Show (laughs) up. Yeah.
2: What was the other thing? Oh, the only other thing I watched was uh, Bully, the Larry Clark movie. Meh. Meh? Not a fan?
1: I'm not a Larry Clark fan all over, really.
2: Okay, he's uh, he's a bit marmite, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like kids. <laughs> there you go.
2: You heard it here first, guys. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> you can edit that out. It's fine.
1: Um, um. <laughs> but I do. I think. I think kids. Um, a good film like a good story I thought bu- uh, bleh, 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 I thought bully <laughs> not so much it was just a bit like I think because of the way he sort of tells his stories and um, his films are just sort of like watching really horrible paint dry <laughs>
2: um, mainly like, I think we- I appreciate that because I read the book that the film was based on right because the film was the film is based on kind of one guy's account of the crimes rather than the crimes themselves, I guess. Yeah. Um, And it is absolutely spot on. He really nails it. He really gets the tone and the events that happen in the book as they happen in the book.
1: I would definitely rather watch Big Bully with Tom Arnold and Rick Moranis.
3: (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. Why? I,
1: I, right.
3: Oh, God. People
1: might turn off now and never listen to us ever again.
2: I want, I'm tempted to duck out
1: at this point but on. I think Tom Arnold is eminently watchable in anything he's in he's just so ace oh really yeah ever ever, ever since I saw Carpool which I fucking love <laughs> obviously <laughs> um, I, that's I just,
2: such a bad film no it's not it's such a terrible film no it isn't who else is in
1: that uh, David Paymer
2: I know uh, Rhea Perlman's in it, isn't she? Yes, yeah,
1: she is. I haven't um, seen that
2: years. And
1: a bunch of kids, one of which maybe Seth Green, I can't remember.
2: No. I'm gonna have to check.
1: Go on, have a look. Uh <laughs> I think it's brilliant.
2: <laughs> Someone has to.
1: It's just it's just dead nice and silly and funny. It's
2: definitely silly. Well,
1: yeah, and it's got a great soundtrack featuring at least two Ramon songs. <laughs>
2: And a Blondie song, if I remember rightly. How the fuck do I remember that? <laughs> um, Rod Steiger's in it.
1: Rod Steiger.
2: Jesus. Rachel Lee Cook. Wow. Seth Green's definitely not in it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where you've got that from.
1: Uh, it's just, I thought the weird kid, I've not seen it in like five, ten years, but I thought the weird kid might have been Seth Green. No, but it I isn't.
2: Either. I sort of want to watch it again now.
1: <laughs> do it.
2: <laughs> I might have to. Tim Coates is in it, though. I can't look at him in the same way since Sons of Anarchy.
1: I've still not watched Sons of Anarchy.
2: Ah, so good.
1: But I am, so good. have nearly finished season one of Bones.
2: How are you finding that? I hated that.
1: Did you? I t- yeah. hated it to begin with. But then I was like, oh, well, I've down-bought five seasons of this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've changed them all, completely legally.
1: <laughs> um, and so I was like, well, I might as well give it a go, because of all the... The money that I spent, my bandwidth on it, on, on it, or whatever. So, and then like four or five episodes in, I was like, well, this is okay. And now now I can just watch it. It's sort of like Candy Floss Telly, really. I do like a mismatched um, mystery program.
2: You certainly do, don't you? And I do love, I
1: still love Castle,
2: mm. which
1: is back and is great. The, the new season's just as great.
2: I thought you were moaning about that lately.
1: I was. I mean, the will they won't they thing isn't there anymore because, spoiler alert, they did <laughs> and continue to do so on a regular basis. But, um, I mean, it's 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 Nathan Fillion doing his thing and Stana Katic is looking alright and the other cops are all there. It's, it's just cattle, innit?
2: Fair it is. Have you seen anything else this month, this month, this <laughs> week?
1: Yes, I've seen three <laughs> other things. I watched a Go documentary on. called The Imposter. Okay, uh, i heard of it. It was great, really good, really well put together documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of, like, uh, reconstructions of things. Um, but generally with the voices of all the, the sort of documentary um, interview stuff sort of dubbed over so that they are, like... Miming essentially with miming along with the uh, with the actors or the actors are miming along with the the people who are actually involved. Um, and it was it was interesting. put together and it was fairly well shot. Uh, like actually, it was really well shot. Um, and the story was just fucking insane.
2: Can you give too much away? Or I, yeah, okay.
1: Well, so it's about it's about this um there's this family in Texas and their child goes missing when he's fourteen. Um, and then he sort of this guy who is French uh, impersonates their son and he's got different hair colour, different eye colour. He's clearly French, um, but he he sort of convinces everyone that he's their son and he's sort of accepted back into the family. Okay. But he's got a French accent and he doesn't look (laughs) anything like the child that went missing. (laughs) But it's three years later and he makes up this big story that he was kidnapped by the military and, like, they use these eye drops that change his eye color and he was never allowed to speak english that's why he's got a french accent and stuff like that <clears throat> and it the documentary is all about like find, figuring out what to believe through the information that's given to you um and it sort of passes this information out throughout the film uh, in such a way that your opinion of, of, of things at the beginning of the film is very different to your opinion of the things at the end of the film Okay, uh, it's really interesting. I definitely recommend it to people. It's good.
2: <laughs> That's the best review ever. I would yeah. definitely recommend it to people.
1: Yeah, Not dogs probably won't get it. But people, <laughs> people will get it. What
2: about it. like? What about like Airbud? He'd get
1: it. Airbud wouldn't get it. He's too busy. He's outside <laughs> playing sports.
2: <laughs> That's true. I always forget about that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> practicing his long game. Yeah. For for Airbud. Uh oh, I can't think of a pun. Fuck <laughs> I tried to make a golf pun, but I couldn't Maybe Oh no, never mind. <laughs> if it was like air horse fall in one, that would work, but, it, <laughs> but Oh well Yeah. It's not horse is a dog. <laughs> no
2: <laughs> Anything else?
1: Yes. Uh I watched Lovely Molly.
2: Oh right, okay. And
1: Uh I really liked it.
2: Okay, I wasn't sure about this one.
1: I wasn't sure either, and then I thought about it for a while, and then I, then I decided that I liked it. Um, the story is kind of... Meh. Played out. Definitely played out. Um, but the, the, the sort of style that Eduardo Sanchez brings to the film, it's weird, because he, like... Obviously, he was part of the people who brought this whole... Well, the whole um, found footage thing...
2: It's not to fan the footage, though. No, I know
1: it's not. Let me get to that.
2: Okay.
1: But it, it utilises fan footage, fan footage
2: mm.
1: as as a vantage for telling the story, and um, and like as a, as a person who was who was sort of responsible for bringing that to the mainstream. It's weird seeing him like sort of cribbing stuff from Paranormal Activity. <laughs> yeah. Which happens a lot in the film. It's it's paced very much like a Paranormal Activity film. It is. Um. And it it utilises a lot of the same stuff, like the same um, waiting for ages for something to happen and then, like, something happens, but it's not really a thing.
2: I mean, there are some genuinely kind of reasonably shocking moments in it.
1: Yeah. Well, this is what I'm getting to. Like, because he... Eduardo Sanchez is a better filmmaker than the people who've made the Paranormal Activity films.
3: mm hmm
1: Um... Even when he's sort of cribbing those ideas and when he's sort of using those well-worn tropes, um, he does it with a, a sort of different stylistic approach and like fresh ideas that that, um, that really makes it a lot more interesting one of, than one of those other films. Yeah,
2: I um, agree with that. And the Have you performance ever seen um... great.
1: Sorry, go on. Oh,
2: shit. No, she was excellent. Yeah. she'd only really done stage work before hadn't she yeah she she blew me away like I wasn't sure about her
1: performance at first
2: what was was she called Gretchen something Gretchen
1: Wieners I don't know
2: definitely not that (laughs) (laughs) damn it
1: (laughs) I don't know what her name was but it was a great performance yeah I wasn't sure about it at first I thought it was a bit um, showy but then but then um, she was definitely the best thing about the film
2: yeah for sure. Um,
1: and also, I've never seen Ghost Rape before outside of a Ghostbusters film. And, um, yeah,
2: that was unpleasant.
1: Yeah. So, lovely Molly. And then, mm. do you have anything else to say about that?
2: Um, the only th- other thing I was going to mention was, have you ever seen a film called Altered? Which no, like Eduardo Sanchez, I think.
1: I keep seeing it about...
2: Oh, it's so good. I loved it.
1: Is it actually good?
2: Yeah, I loved it. Like, I can imagine it sort of... Not sitting too well with some people because it's very much a power of suggestion film. Like You don't get to see a lot. It's right. not very fast-paced, but it's brilliant. I loved it.
1: What was the Now I'm Psychic film with Kevin Bacon? Uh, or oh, now can... Echoes? Stir of echoes, yeah. I, I, it, was very, it was marketed in a very similar way. And I was like, well, I've seen Stir of Echoes. Oh, no, so,
2: no, no, so. no, no, no. Nothing like that. Okay. No, definitely. Give it a watch.
1: Okay, and the last one isn't really horror-related, but I kind of want to talk about it anyway, just briefly. Okay. It was uh, the comedy starring um, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. Uh, okay. It's, it's, not, it's not Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie.
2: Is that a good thing, though?
1: I didn't like it. I Which loved one? I loved Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie.
2: Okay. I still haven't seen that.
1: Do, do you like Tim and Eric?
2: In moderation.
1: Tim and Eric's billion-dollar movie is hilarious. It's very much a sort of pared-down version of the Tim and Eric awesome show. Great job.
2: I mean, I love some of the stuff they do. I love Tom Goes to the Mayor. That was just bonkers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I think in small chunks, I think they work really well, but I think they could outstay their welcome very quickly.
1: Well, because it's like... Because a billion-dollar movie is a bit diluted, it's, it's a bit easier to stomach. But there are okay. lots of moments of their... Tim and eric coming through. But the comedy is not like that at all. It's a sort of uh, almost mumblecore drama. Okay. Black comedy about... Um, Tim Heidecker plays this sort of ageing hipster in Williamsburg, New York, who's um, in line to inherit a, lo- a lot of money from his parents or from his dad who's dying. And he lives this sort of disaffected life where he him and his friends are just trying to, like, one-up one each other by, like, douching each other and just being dicks. And he sort of goes to his life trying to get a rise out of people. Okay. Um, and it's... Uh, the way I saw it was it was almost like... I felt a little bit like I should be offended. And I think a lot of Tim and Eric fans might feel like they should be offended because he's essentially um, sort of lampooning the people who enjoy Tim and Eric.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: these sort of disaffected uh, generation of people who like weird stuff and just do stuff because it's funny and not for any other reason and sort of present this facade. Um, and so I thought it was a weird move for them to make, make a film like this at the expense of their audience, but probably one that is going to be championed by those people. Okay. But it's very, it's, I think it's, There was a 20-page treatment and everything else was improvised. There's a really, really horrible scene where you're left wondering whether Swanson, which is Heidecker's character, if he's like a sociopath or if he's just like disaffected to the point of like, or like disconnected to the point of like retardation. It's a (laughs) fucking horrible scene. Um, Hmm. It's a hard film to watch. I didn't like it very much, uh, but people might.
2: I can't say I'm totally sold on that description.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. so that's it. I gave it uh like a, f- a 4.5 out of 10. But it's a well-made film, and it looks okay, but I it was just all a bit too sort of navel-gazing for me.
2: Fair does. Right, I feel like we've spent a long time talking about what we've seen, so Yeah,
1: that was I was the longest one in a while, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right,
2: Shall let's we, uh, let's go
1: listen break? to some promos and stuff and then we'll come back and we'll talk about P Rom Nights. Eron, That's, you know. That's a
2: thing. <laughs> if you fancy dropping us a line at the GorePress Gorecast, there's a number of different ways you can do that. Um, you can send all your competition entries, feedback, and comments to podcast at If you're on Facebook, you can find us at facebookcom Gorecast. Or if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at GorecastX. Oh,
3: Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. If you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How big is the cock? <laughs> You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank.
2: I mean, now I, I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess
1: I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is Cock and Balls. And you notice I looked at my right character arm character from an old that. Disney film. was a prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls.
3: It sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast. On iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com.
0: There's a special night in the lives of all of us. A night to be beautiful, to be desirable. A night we can break all the rules and make our own. Prom night. Everyone at Hamilton High is getting ready for prom night. It's a day of rehearsals, arrangements, final preparations, and last-minute phone calls. They're too old for games, but someone still wants to play.
3: Why, Kelly! It's been a long time. Tonight, it's my turn.
0: Tonight, someone has come to the prom alone. Someone who watches in the silent corridors. Kelly. Help! Someone who waits until no one can help. help! Prom Night. No. If you're not back by midnight, you won't be coming home.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back. We are talking about Prom Night, directed by a man whose name is is uh, forthcoming. Uh, it's Paul Lynch. Um, <laughs> uh, it stars Leslie Nielsen, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then no one else of note. Really?
3: Yeah.
1: What else did Paul Lynch direct? Let's have a look.
2: Not a lot, really. He's the- from Liverpool, though.
1: Oh, is he?
3: Yeah, apparently.
1: He we directed on a lot of film, uh, TV shows that were based on films.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh... Including FX. I love the film FX. and FX-
2: Poltergeist, the legacy, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was so bad.
1: Yeah, yes it was. Um, it's weird, like, a lot of shows that are based on, te- on films are bad. But I really liked uh, the Crow one. I never even saw that. Up until, well, I thought Mark cast was a fairly reasonable stand-in for uh, Brandon... <laughs> O'Malley. What's his name? Brendan Lee. <laughs> <laughs>
2: O'Malley, yeah. Yeah. Close.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it was all fine until they brought in a female crow, and then I got bored. Oh,
2: no. That sounds terrible.
1: They also had a thing where, um, like, goodies could come back as the crow, and then baddies would come back as, like, the snake. Ooh, the snake. But whatever, because that's not to do with this. No, um, it's not. We are talking about Prom Night. This is one of his first films, I guess. Stars a bunch yeah. of people nineteen eighty. 1980. Uh, it's a slasher sort of type of film set in a high school. It's definitely a slasher. Well, some of it but, is.
2: No, it's definitely a slasher.
1: Okay, well, we'll see.
2: There's slashing.
1: I mean, the, there is. That was a loud noise.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Uh, give us
2: the sign-up size. The sign-up size? Yes. Um, let's have a look. Oh, I've got the region one.
1: Um. Which disc have you got? Is it the Alliance one?
2: Yes. I've got the
1: Alliance box set. And let's talk about how fucking shitty that is.
2: It's not great.
1: Like, the last 20 minutes of the film is just fucking... Like, watching Mudvision.
2: Oh, well, we'll talk about that in a bit.
1: Yeah, go on. Do the synopsis.
2: Yeah. Um... Four Hamilton high school seniors have been hiding the truth of what happened to 10-year-old Robin Hammond for six long years, but someone saw what they did and is preparing for revenge, a prom night killing spree. Hooded, masked, and wielding an axe, he'll stalk his prey in the dark, empty halls, striking when his victims are alone. And just as the spotlight falls upon the newly crowned king and queen, the killer will show everyone what his favourite game to play is. Spoiler alert. Yeah, innit? So, prom night.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of prom night,
2: I am so there.
1: Why? Because it's
2: good. It's fun.
1: I mean, again, it's it's very ambitious in in mm-hmm. the, in the sort of way that it tells. Uh, it's very character focused.
2: Yeah, and um, that's uh, that's one criticism. To be honest, I think in terms of slashes, it's definitely perhaps even bordering on too much character development.
1: Yeah. Um, More than is
2: necessary, for sure.
1: And they spend a long time setting up lots of uh, interesting misdirections. It's almost... um, I mean, it's obviously very, very influenced by Halloween. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Very, very influenced by Halloween. To the point of, like... Jesus, man. Watch another film. (laughs) But also, um, I saw some very sort of European and even some Hitchcockian uh, influence in there as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Particularly... Only like sometimes though. For the most part, it's just like here it is. Have a look. But then sometimes it's it gets really sort of close up and intense. Mm-hmm. Um. And and that was sort of a Hitchcocky thing, which I, I I initially sort of my my initial note was that it was an Argento thing, but obviously Argento stole most of his stuff from Hitchcock. Um. So there's that. And then also um. Another thing that was quite European about it is all the sort of misdirection involved. There was a lot. Yeah. Um, It sets up numerous people who could be the the killer. Mm -hmm. And it isn't any of them. (laughs) Or is it? Who Um, knows? Who knows?
2: We'll we'll get to that later on, I guess. I think we can safely spoiler this, given that it's like 32 years old. Yeah, it's also like...
1: A quote-unquote classic as well.
2: Do you not agree? I,
1: I just think that it takes far too long.
2: Okay. um, I agree with that to a certain extent. I was talking about this with Matt, actually, earlier. Right. Unlike Slaughter High, it was, it was sort of a similar thing, where Slaughter High it seemed to take way too long to get to the actual killing, to get to the point. Um, but unlike Slaughter High, where I was literally sat there watching the clock going, fuck, when, when will this be over? Mm. I was never bored throughout Prom Night. I quite enjoyed the character development. I quite enjoyed the other stuff that led to the um, to the point, I guess. But it doesn't sound like you did.
1: I mean, I, I do. I enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it in a slasher film. Like, okay. Like, watching this film, if I was watching this film and I didn't know it was a slasher film, then
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'd be fine with it. But it's a slasher film. Like... But you, I you want to started see...
2: off by saying that you didn't necessarily think it was a slasher film. Well, I
1: mean, it is a slasher film, but like... But you
2: were reluctant to call it
1: one. Because it just takes so long. There's no slashing until like an hour and ten minutes.
2: So what bracket would you put it into, then? I'd put it
1: into the slasher film that's really fucking boring for an hour and ten minutes.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's a thing.
1: <laughs> it's just like... just I don't know. Not even like... I mean, I'm used to waiting... In most slasher films, you don't get to any of the actual killing until about 45 minutes. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm conditioned to that. Yeah. But normally you get something at the beginning, and like a child falling out of a window, I'm not that asked. You callous bastard. Well, I mean, it's, it's very sad. <laughs> and the police in this film are fucking terrible.
2: They, yeah, they're not great, are they? Like,
1: it really annoyed me that, like, they put this guy away. For uh, sexually abusing and murdering this child. Mm-hmm. She fell out of a window.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Like, I don't, know, I don't know in what police class you. they teach you to read far too much into it. She fell out of a window.
2: Like, Did it take place in West Memphis? It's possible. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense.
1: It didn't, though. It took place in Canada. I know. Um, yeah, so that annoyed me. But, like, when it gets going, it's great. I'm not going to deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, although, on my DVD, when it gets going, it gets fucking dark.
2: I, I don't think it's just your DVD. I think it, does, it is filmed quite dark towards the end. Especially when... Um, is it Wendy, the really bitchy character? Yeah. Especially during some of her scenes. Well, yeah. It's very dark during that, but it's supposed to be?
1: I mean, I know it's supposed to be, but, like... I don't want to watch the, like, the Yeti trundling through a snowstorm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to watch, I want to see what's happening. At least to a certain degree.
2: Well, maybe it's your TV then, because I could tell what was happening.
1: Like, I could in part, but like, not not for a lot of it. Like, a lot of the dark stuff was really dark. Um, I think it just needs a, a high-death remaster or something. Maybe. Uh, I don't know if there is one out there already, but um, but that's it, uh, I I need to see it in order to to maybe enjoy it on the right okay.
2: level. So you were talking about it being influenced by a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Obviously, Halloween is an obvious one. What Obviously, it's obvious. There? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't say it was a good choice of words.
1: <laughs> well, like I say, there's a lot of there's a lot of Hitchcock um, in particularly in, like the shooting style and some of the in some of the shots. Um. But they're the sort of the same Hitchcock stuff that I would say influenced Halloween.
2: Okay, so right, so you think it's sort of accidental, like it's been influenced by Halloween, that's been influenced by Hitchcock. Well,
1: I mean, I imagine this director seen other films.
2: You'd hope so. Uh,
1: I think I think it's influenced by by that stuff, mm-hmm. but maybe through a conduit, or maybe like yeah. Halloween was influenced by this stuff. I might I should go watch it, and maybe take some of those influences too. Mm-hmm. Um and there's 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 some I think there's some Giallo influences, but not in the way that we normally see Giallo influences in American slashers.
2: No, because when we did the standalone slasher month, that was very, very heavy on the Giallo influence, wasn't it? But it's yeah. much, much less apparent here.
1: Well I think I think in terms of like uh plotting and like reveals and um uh like some of the stuff that's in there, like the like all the misdirection. Mm-hmm. And, the reveal
2: was very jello, I thought.
1: Yeah. But um there were, obviously there's no black gloves, there's none of the really obvious stuff that we that we normally see.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but I thought it was very like some of that stuff was very Giallo. Um yeah. Uh what else? What else have I got here? It's it's very difficult to take Leslie Nielsen seriously.
2: Oh god, yeah. Tremendously.
1: Because his his style for comedy and his style for drama or whatever is the same.
2: Yeah, and I, I found his role in this movie quite odd as well because it's sort of like a a nothing role. It's like a it's a bit pointless and a bit thankless. It could have been anybody.
1: Yeah. Well, I get the impression that maybe they wrote the role not expecting anyone good, <laughs> and then they were like, "Well, we've got Leslie Nielsen, so we might as well push him out to the front a little bit."
2: Yeah, pad it out a bit.
1: Yeah, so like we can like because whilst you cast Leslie Nielsen has in the film, no one else has got any sort of. I mean, he, they could have cast him as one of the teenagers because, <laughs> let's face it, they're all fucking 40 anyway. But, but that that
2: in and of itself is a bit of a slasher trope, though, isn't it?
1: It is. <laughs> but like, were you meant to believe that these kids were 10 six years ago?
2: <laughs> yeah, good point. Or we're not like going to get any disagreement.
1: 12, six years ago, or whatever they were. Like, yeah. <clears throat> there, there was a lot of speculation, I don't know if you ever heard it, that... Um, that Jamie Lee Curtis was born a man. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know if you're familiar with that.
2: Um, Yeah, I've heard sort of
1: vague things. Well, I mean, this film doesn't really. Doesn't really. Uh, well, I, if I was presenting a court case in which <laughs> I was. Um, again, I've been watching lots of uh, Franklin and Bash. Um, in which uh, I was trying to convince a jury that she was a man, this might be a film that I would show. <laughs>
2: You didn't like that haircut?
1: Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> she's a she's a beautiful woman. Mm. But I don't know. She's she's got a look. She's a smile about her.
2: Well she was always sort of odd looking, but yeah. she's very striking at the same time.
1: Um she was definitely what? The first and probably the most mainstream scream queen. Scream queen.
2: Scream queen? <laughs>
1: Hard to say, mainstream scream queen. <laughs> um. Yeah. Did anyone else have that the sort of success that she's had?
2: Probably not to the same extent. No. No.
1: None of the rest of them have married uh, Christopher Guest. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> Is that how you gauge it? Yeah. Is that the If, if you marry scale? Christopher
1: Guest, then you're <laughs> probably quite famous.
2: <laughs> what about anybody else who was in Spinal Tap? Do they not count? No. Okay.
1: No, they don't because. <laughs> You don't see Christopher Guest doing like guest spots on CSI and stuff. And Michael McKean, <laughs> he's there every week, pretty much, isn't he?
2: Oh, he's in everything, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and who's the other one? What's his name? Shit, I can never remember. Simpsons McGee. Handsome Dan. What's his fucking name? <laughs>
2: Can't remember.
1: Derek Smalls is, is not his real name. That's
2: definitely not his real name. Harry Shearer.
1: Harry Shearer. Yeah. He's not even famous, is he? He's just in stuff. He's just like
2: a shit ton of voice work on the Simpsons.
1: Yeah. But he's just a normal bloke. Like that's all I see him as. He's just a normal bloke. He's not a famous guy. Not that that's relevant to anything. Let's (laughs) carry on. Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. I was wondering where you were going with that.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Um, (laughs) I think the sound mix, the dialogue and the acting on the most part is pretty crap. (sighs) Um, Okay,
2: elaborate, elaborate. I didn't think acting was that bad.
1: Everyone apart from Jamie Lee Curtis...
2: For that calibre of film and that era, it's not that bad.
1: I don't know, it was very... I just think when you've got someone actually good there, being good at acting, it Mm -hmm. hurts the film when someone, someone is that good. I guess so. Because... You see this this one person being fairly good, and then everyone else is not, and their their performance is denigrated because it's it's in the same area as this as a good performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean,
2: I see where you're going with it, but I don't necessarily think everybody else was as bad as you're making out. I
1: thought everyone was pretty terrible.
2: <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, like, back to the music, not great.
1: I mean, I, th- I thought the music was Okay. But the the, the, thought, the actual sound the, mix was bad. I thought.
2: Yeah, I think I think some of the um, song choices were pretty bad, though. Well, I mean, some some of it was so cheesy. There were clearly like there were a couple of scenes that seemed to be shoehorned in there, like the bit where they, it looks like they're on some kind of windswept cliff, but they're actually by the school. I don't know. Um,
1: Who's that, Wendy? Not Wendy. Not,
2: no, it's um, Kim and, shit, is it Nick?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, another thing with this is a lot of the characters all look the exactly the fucking same.
2: Oh my god, her boyfriend and her brother look. I I kept getting
1: them muddled up.
2: For ages, did and, you? Yeah,
1: and Kim and uh, your, your bitchy girl. What's her name again? Wendy. Wendy, yeah, they almost yeah. look identical. Sometimes, in the yeah. low light that the film gives us, like they look they look very similar.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the boyfriend brother thing was a bit. That started to weird me out after a while some yeah. strange shit going on in that family um, but yeah, yeah I thought obviously. some of the music choices were really bad
1: well yeah it's a low um, budget film like
2: but some of it was so cheesy though I mean I, you, they were obviously going for the teen market yeah um, I think it makes it so much more obvious when they make choices like that for the for the, for the songs um, but I just found it really ill fitting in places like some of the ballady stuff yeah. didn't fit for me and it was too, too loud too obnoxiously loud
1: well yeah that's, that's what I mean about the sound mix like
2: yeah
1: just because everything was sort of pushed up to 11 yeah no I completely
2: thing. agree with that it, um, was, it was distracting
1: definitely distracting um, and I think the dialogue was mostly pretty crap um, um, but I still think also, what I was getting at was I still think the film is probably better than a lot of other slasher films of the era
2: yeah Definitely. Like, back to the influences, there was a huge kind of uh, nod. Well, I don't know if it was a nod, but, um, like, the kind of John Travolta character from Carrie. Yeah. Like, there was a huge nod to Carrie there, wasn't well, there? Well, there's a whole
1: sort of Carrie-esque subplot. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't want to get spoiler territory too much, but it doesn't really go anywhere.
2: Um, I think we can probably go into spoiler territory now.
1: Okay. It doesn't go anywhere. But
2: with... Far enough through that we can start spoiling shit now. I think. Yeah. No, it doesn't go anywhere, but it sort of serves as the setup for what ends up being the big reveal. So it, it has a purpose. I guess. Just not in the way you think it might.
1: Yeah, I wrote down that there's a, a carry McGuffin. That's what I wrote down.
2: <laughs> That's a good phrase.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's also a bit where one cop tells another cop. Don't touch that. It could be the murder weapon. hmm When he picks up a shard of mirror with blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> Best Ugh.
2: police work ever. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, in terms of realism, not so great.
1: Yeah. In terms of characterization, pretty good. <laughs> I mean... So... If- you look at the other stuff that came out this in the same year. You've mm-hmm. got what Friday the 13th, Yep. which is what I might call are we to- the quintessential. Are we talking about, slasher.
2: Are we talking like com- comparable slashers? yeah, or just other films that came out? No, just slashes that
1: came in in 980. Okay, Friday the 13th, so Christmas, the burning. the burning was 81, wasn't it?
2: Was it 81? I thought that was 80. No, I think it was 80. made at the same time of Friday the 13th,
1: yeah. I, I don't think it came out until a bit later, okay. Um, It
2: counts, damn it. I
1: don't know. Okay. Uh, Christmas (laughs) Evil, which Mm -hmm. has just been re-released and is reviewed on the site.
2: Yep.
1: Um. What else is there? He knows you're alone, which I've never seen.
2: I haven't seen that actually.
1: Uh, And Terror Train, but I've never seen that either. I don't know. Oh, I've
2: got that. That's another Jamie Lee Curtis one.
1: Of course it is. So, it's up there at least with Friday the Thirteenth out of its contemporaries. Even though I've not seen two of them, if I if if they were up there, I would have probably seen them. Is that a fair to thing be to honest, say?
2: I think, yeah. <laughs> this is probably going to make me sound like a massive philistine, um, and a lot of I think almost everyone is probably going to disagree with me. I think I'd rather watch Prom Night than Friday the Thirteenth.
1: You're a massive philistine.
2: I know, right? Oh, I enjoy this film a lot. More than I, I couldn't, I can't even explain why properly. I just find it really watchable. I think it's a cool film. It's fun. That's not to say I don't love Friday the Thirteenth. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean I'd rather watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Five than watch Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> but that's just me.
2: I figured you would probably say that. Yeah. Oh my god, so much stuff came out in 1980.
1: What else came out in 1980?
2: Laser Star, Mother's Day.
1: Ah, Mother's Day. Maniac. Was Maniac nineteen eighty? Apparently. Well, that's my favourite slasher film from nineteen eighty, then.
2: Okay, I figured you would say that. Have you seen the remake yet? No. Speaking of remakes, have you seen the remake of Prom Night yet?
1: I know I said I'd watch it for your birthday, but
2: fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> you didn't.
1: But fuck you. Here's a voucher for Demi <laughs> Smith instead. Uh, I didn't. I just didn't get a chance. Maybe it's... I'll watch it for next week. I wouldn't. I mean, I bought it, specially, so I'm going to have to fucking watch it now, not Okay, I?
2: well, yeah, we'll do it then, in that case. um, Yeah, I won't say anything about that, then I'll wait for you to watch it. And I mean, I know
1: it. it's going to be bad.
2: It is bad. It's really bad.
1: Did you watch the <laughs> remake of uh, April Fool's Day?
2: E- Did I? No, I didn't, actually. I've That's seen the
1: original. a Butcher Brothers one.
2: Um. Yeah, no, I've definitely not seen it in that case. Oh,
1: I quite enjoyed it. It's pretty bad, but I quite enjoyed it.
2: Pretty bad, like, how? Like, you enjoy it because it's so bad it's good, or...? No,
1: I enjoy it because, I mean, it's... It's... It's really hard to relate to any of the characters because they're all privileged dicks. Okay. But uh, people die, and that's fun, right? That's pretty much it. Okay. So I enjoy it on, like, hey, these people are dicks and they're dying. I enjoy it on that (laughs) level.
2: A very basic revenge level.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hey, Saturn 3 was 1980. That's not a slasher, but it's fucking great. <laughs>
2: 1980 was quite a good year, really.
1: Yeah. Probably <laughs> Exterminator. Inferno? I'm not just going to read out all the films that are from 1980. <laughs> but I am Welcome might.
2: to the rest of the show.
1: <laughs> House of the Age of the Park?
2: Of course. like So most of the films that we cover on the show are 1980 then? Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> Should we change the name? Should we just make that a thing
1: now? Eighty Cast.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Uh, it's, it's off off air thing. Mm-hmm. But my next okay. <laughs> my next pick, my next sort of month pick. Uh
2: huh.
1: I just alligator came out in 1980. Oh, okay. And I want to cover alligator at some okay. point. So on the show, apparently. Um, <laughs> I just yeah, uh, it just lasted. Ages, like setting everything up, and I just wanted someone to die. Like, no one dies, and who who was it that dies halfway through? Is it just an off-screen character? I
2: can't even remember what the first proper death was.
1: Well, like the first one in in the film, like the, towards the end of the film, is what's her face in the bathroom?
2: Oh yeah, of course.
1: But like the MacGuffin uh, psycho guy from halfway through. Yeah. He is—he's suspected of murdering someone uh, after he gets out of the hospital, despite the fact that he's in a full-body cast. <laughs> um,
2: totally plausible.
1: Yes, uh, and he—and so there's another murder halfway through, but I don't remember who it was that got murdered, or who is doesn't supposed the, to have done it.
2: Does the janitor die at some point? No. I only watched this last night.
1: I How watched it like this the morning. Night? The janitor doesn't die, but he's—he's he's a MacGuffin too. Yeah. Because he comes in, he's all drunk, and he's like, oh, you're all doomed. <laughs> like like that character in every slasher film. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, there has to be one.
1: There is. Um is. Let's get into the deaths, then. Okay. I've not got an awful lot to, more to say about this, so... Let's wrap up, then. Well, like, the deaths. The death shit's pretty great.
2: Yeah. Head yeah, on the walkway,
1: favourite death. Easy.
2: Yes, that's pretty cool.
1: Um... There's because of, the, because of all the character stuff, and I'll give it its due. Despite the fact that it, it doesn't get to the kill in fast enough for me,
3: mm-hmm.
1: when you find out who the killer is, it's pretty. It's a, it's a gut punch.
2: It's um, yeah, it's a bit of a sleepaway camp type reveal.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's sort of out of nowhere, but not. Yeah. Like when you watch the film again, you can sort of see it. Yeah. Um, but the first time, it is a bit of a gut punch.
2: Yeah. And like I I think that's one reason people rate it as highly as they do.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's very Giallo. Um but it works. Yeah. I think I think in nineteen eighty in an American film, people were like, What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> in two thousand twelve and it's us, we we get it. But I didn't see it come in the first time.
2: Mm-hmm. no I didn't at all
1: um, and so yeah that... I think
2: that I think the first time I ever watched it I was actually I, I don't know it, I think it is a film that's a lot of fun I think I was having so much fun when I was watching it I sort of stopped thinking about who it might be and just went along for the ride but so the f- I was film... super shocked
1: but the film tries so hard to like make you think about who it might be like they set up the creepy janitor and they set up yeah. the, the murderer from out of town or whatever and they set up
2: but it keeps happening, so I think maybe I just tuned it out after a while. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Fair it is. right? Do you want to do your sum up then?
2: Okay. Um, I don't know what to say that hasn't already been said. To be honest, I, I really, really enjoy *Prom Night*. Um, I wouldn't say it's like my favourite slasher. I wouldn't even say it's one of my favourite slashes, But I think it's a great movie.
1: If you were going to put it in like a top hundred, just like where where do you reckon it might sit? Like twenty. 25 30 40 a top 100 a top 100 what Slashers. i'm not asking you to to, to it'd, name it'd 100 be in the slashes. top half
2: right. yeah cause don't <laughs> don't ask me that um yeah it would be it would be in next the week top half
1: i want i want it, your homework this week is to <laughs> write me your top 100 slasher list
2: jog on <laughs> you'll be waiting a while homework dear god <laughs> Yeah, it would be in the top 15. Right. It would be in the, the upper half. Okay. I, 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 I acknowledge that it's a flawed movie. I, I'm not saying like, oh, this is a wonderful example of a slasher movie. It's just a film that I enjoy a lot. I think from a purely subjective point of view, I think it's great. But I get what you're saying at the same time. I understand your complaints with it. Yeah. And I agree with them to a certain extent.
1: I mean, on the, on the whole, I probably like this film. Probably, <laughs> okay. Like, but I'm just not. I'm not sure how effective. I mean, it's it's effective as a slash film because, because of the character development. Yeah. But the character development takes so fucking long.
2: But it's interesting for the most part. It is. I thought it, was. I thought it was. We we well didn't
1: really done. talk about Lou too much, but I mean, you mentioned him before. But I mean, what a fucking boring. He of the character. singular eyebrow. Yeah.
2: Um. And like. Yeah. He was a bit. Of a stereotype. <laughs>
1: yeah. A bit
2: two-dimensional.
1: So what's your score?
2: I, can um, I guess what your score's going to be? You can guess, yeah. I think... You don't win anything if you get it right.
1: I think 6.5.
2: I was leaning towards 7. Right. But I don't know if that's too high. I mean... No, sod it, 7. It's
1: your score. You 7. can do what you want.
2: I know I can. And I will. You well, can, can have just... 7.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to give it 1 to balance it out. No. <laughs> um... <coughs> Um, I, I agree, like, overall, as as a full film, like, seeing it in hindsight, it's a good film. Yeah. But when I'm watching it, I just want it to get on with it.
2: Okay. Which is a fair complaint. It does take a while to get yeah. to the, the point.
1: And, like, you can still have character development going on whilst people are dying. Yeah. No one's saying, like, this is character development, and now we get on with the death. Bye. Like... <laughs> It, it, you can it, can, it can work both ways. You can do two things at once, but yeah. it doesn't. It sort of does away with all the character development as soon as people start dying.
2: Well, because there's no time for it.
1: Well, yeah, it's the last, last twenty minutes.
2: Yeah, they've got, you know, an hour and a half's worth of deaths to fit into twenty minutes, essentially. So
1: yeah,
2: I guess they have to do away with it at that point.
1: But yeah, in hindsight, it's it's a I'd say a six. But when see I'm... that's,
2: that's more generous than I thought you were gonna
1: be well I mean sort of viewing it as a full film it's a good film
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: and like because because of all the character development the ending works so well and like the 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 death scenes are a bit more serious uh, like well the the stakes are a bit higher mm-hmm. but but when I'm watching that first half I just want it to be the the last half I want it to be the last half an hour and it's not and so that sort of that would take it down from a seven for me. That's
2: how I felt watching um Slaughter High, to be honest. I just yeah. <laughs> I was done. I wanted it over.
1: Right. Yeah. So yeah, looking back, it's a good film. At the time I'm a bit annoyed. But yeah.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: That's that. That's fair enough. Yes. What are we doing next week? What's what's left on the list?
2: We've got graduation day and student bodies.
1: So, um, well, I have both of those already here, so whenever. Ditto. Uh will flip a coin. <laughs> heads for graduation day. Okay. Tails for student bodies, okay?
2: I'm just going to have to trust you.
1: It's heads. Which one was that?
2: <laughs> I've forgotten already. Graduation day, I think. Yeah, yeah Is it, it was. Graduation I think day? it was, okay. yeah.
1: Okay, graduation day. That? So, yeah, that's fine. Well, like we'll have to get to them all eventually, aren't we?
2: We can end the month on student bodies. You sound like this is a chore. Do you not? <laughs> do you not like this month?
1: Um, I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. Oh,
2: that's a shame. I think when
1: we revisit this theme, which we probably will have to at some point,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we could choose maybe films that aren't slashers to mix in with the slashers. Okay. Well,
2: like, at least student bodies is a comedy.
1: Well, it's they're a all. Bit different. I mean. Slaughter High was all a comedy as well, wasn't it? Was it? I thought so. <laughs> I thought it was funny anyway. Um,
2: I'm not sure that's how comedies are technically defined. There were definitely
1: jokes in it. Um,
2: Yeah, there were a couple of gags, I guess.
1: So maybe it wasn't a very effective comedy. But <laughs> yeah. Comedy nonetheless. So yes, yeah, so that'll wrap us up for Prom Night. Yeah. Uh, an overall success, I might say. I think so. Um, we'll be back next week with graduation day. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh no. Oh, no? I need to decide what, what I'm going to play us out with.
2: <gasps>
1: right, vamp. Vamp for a minute. Or sit there in silence. That works, too. <laughs> um,
2: I can't think on my feet like that.
1: So we're right. going to end the show on uh, High School by Nerf Herder. Uh, we'll be back next week with whatever we just said, and uh stay spooky, yours. Don't bother
3: going to class, cause nobody cares if you cut. And it's not smart to experiment with Ben Gay on your nuts. If you ask her out and she says maybe what she really means is no way. And if you try to get off behind the backs